FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. It's actually Blake and Lawson on the Breakfast Show because Lyle's still in the kitchen and Shell's gone as well, too. Hopefully she's not distracting him because he yeah. needs to get to work. He needs to get it done. Get it done, Lyle. In fact, I went and checked it out yesterday. We were asking for pictures. Nice. I went and checked it out. Is not it finished. <laughs> still not finished. Still. Well, he's been doing his other. Do. He's been doing his. We'll give him a little bit of slack, but he's, but get to work. Yeah, come along. <laughs> you know, there's a kitchen to build. There's a kitchen. There's Thanksgiving at stake coming here. up. Are you serious? <laughs> How are we gonna eat? Think not only of your own interests, but also the interests of others. That's right. Think of my interests. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of your interests, Lawson, what are you thankful for? Uh oh, what am I thankful for? God is good. Mm. Uh, that's 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 what I can say. Um, outside of that, you know. I I am really 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 thankful for my for my good friends from church. Um, I was hanging out with my friends last night, Nah and Joe, and we did a Bible study together. And you know, just chatted after. It was it was just, it was a great time. Very very close bonding time. You nice know, to get together and to spend time with people that you really love and to yeah just just open up about life. I was I was really blessed, and I can I can say there are people out there who. I wanted to hear your story. First and foremost, God. Like there are God wants to talk to you. God right. wants to be your friend. Um, but I feel like within the church family, there is so much value in the friendships and the relationships that we have there that I've been so blessed by. I was uh with Ryan, Katie, and Caleb last night. Oh. And we were playing some really fun games as well, too. Mm. Uh but then it started to rain and I had to get home uh. as soon as possible. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Well, up next on Faith FM, it finally happened. I knew it was going to happen, but well, it's pretty wild. It, it happened. It did happen. Uh-huh. So Trump makes it official. He is running for president oh. in 2024 <laughs> for the Republican Party, which has got mixed reviews. Not everyone's excited. But in other news, while Hallmark zigs with the LGBT community, a new Christian television network zags, choosing to not feature same-sex couples in their movies. We've got some quiz questions coming up for you and some great news and current events that are happening, some positive stuff coming from your end. But what are these questions? Uh, yep. First question, maybe uh, not so... Uh, positive. Oh no! Who murdered Sennacherib? <laughs> Who murdered Sennacherib? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That's the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. It's a bit of a harrowing story. It's something that you definitely wouldn't want to happen to you. But uh, we have some prizes to give away, if you know the answer to that one, uh, for this week. Under the Shadow, the story of Joshua Yunfo Chong and Eunice Tin Chin. Uh, a Thousand Shall Fall, the story of Franz Hassel. And The Richest Caveman, the story of Doug Batchelor. Our trifecta of amazing <laughs> biographies of people's lives being severely affected and changed and doing amazing things um, because of God. Under the Sun one, what, what is that China? Yeah, under, so the, like under the shadow. Chinese, German, American That's right. trifecta. Exactly. The the trilateral union here. <laughs> exactly. But in all of these Who various places. Who would have thought that places, these three countries would be united in biographies? Dude, we've also got the first half of the the 20th century with World War One under the shadow, World Two. War Two, Thousand oh. Show Fall, and then Doug Bachelors. The 60s. Effect, the 60s and later <laughs> until this day. Because yeah, that's true. Praise God. I, I don't know. Alive. I don't even think it was the 60s. Probably more like the 80s. I think it was something. the 80s. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it felt he, like the 60s when not, you read that he's story. Not all, he's not that old. <laughs> You've met the guy. Like, I know. He's not, he's that, not that old. He's but, not that old. But, uh, but uh, guys, you can win all of these books. All you have to do is enter the draw. And to enter the draw, all you have to do is tell us the answer. And to tell us the answer, all you have to do is call or text us at 0491-064-669. Who murdered Sennacherib? I always, I always thought it was like Sennacherib. Maybe Sen- I said Sennacherib. Yeah. Sennacherib, Sennacherib. He's a. Can we say who he is? Or you, that, you can say it. I'm going to. I th- wasn't he like the Assyrian king? That's you giving too much away. Oh, sorry. You giving too. Much- <laughs> 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 no, that's okay. That's okay. That's I'm okay. Sorry. Guys, get your answers in zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. All right, Blake. We talked about on the show yesterday. I we know. briefly mentioned. That there's some there's some strange things going on in the world of Christian <laughs> things this. Christian media. Well, you're yes. going to be talking a little bit about am, Christian media coming put, up, but uh, Christian media has expanded out to now the world of gaming uh, with a game that is uh, set to come out in before the end of this year. Show me this. I it's I, the I game. The game is called I Am Jesus Christ. Wow, that's I, what the game I've got is. Really mixed feelings. So, on that. so let me just describe okay, this game because okay. from the the title there, "I am Jesus Christ," it's like, oh, you know, what what's what's the deal? Essentially, what you do, I would call it Lows and Fishes. <laughs> that's a good restaurant name. Yeah, totally. Is, Dude, if you're making fish sandwiches, make <laughs> vegan fish sandwiches, I'll, I'd be there. Okay, Lowe's and, Lowe's and vegan fish. fish sandwiches. That's not a fish sandwich, dude. You can there's oh, vegan like fish. fake. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was, I was like fake fish. I thought you were talking about like vegetarian fish, yeah, the fish <laughs> like the that, fish themselves that, are, that vegan. are vegan. Yeah, we only serve vegan fish. That's right. We ver- we asked them, yeah. and obviously they told us they're because they're vegan and halal. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But hey, you essentially walk around. It's a first person game, so you're in the POV. Of Jesus walking around doing miracles and interacting with people. So you're playing this game as Jesus and you walk around doing miracles. Now, how does the miracles work? You know, what's the mechanics to this? Uh, so essentially, there will be some miracle you need to do. Say it's, you know, one of the famous stories, healing healing a blind person mm-hmm. or, or feeding the 5,000. I or, like the blind person one. So you got to spit in the dirt, right? Well... Potentially, yes. I've never played. I haven't played this game. Maybe you have to. Um, but essentially, you walk around. There's another one here. Like, um, there's like a few gifts showing some gameplay. And there's one where you're like praying over, like the you're walking on water and praying over the boat in the sea. But essentially, you pray, and then it fills a meter of the amount of Holy Spirit you have, and then you press a button which uses your Holy Spirit to do a miracle. Yeah. Which, okay, so looking at this, I am not super impressed. Like, I think it's a game that was probably made by maybe one or two or three people. It doesn't look like it's made by a huge studio. But I think the thing that I that struggle studio's with... That studio is going to feel really upset if they hear this now. The <laughs> thing that I really struggle with is that this is kind of sacrilegious. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the thought that I was... Another word that... The Gen Z crew you guys love to use, it's cringe. It's 
cringe it's super cringe but it's it's yeah it's sacrilegious in the sense like you playing as jesus doing these miracles and again in such a novel way that you press a button to pray and then you press another button to use the prayer energy from the power of the holy spirit which yeah. is kind of like spiritualism like yeah, fully like it's kind of like it, well i mean it, it it's basically just kind of based on a bunch of principles of other games that are Video out games. there and they're just throwing in Christian words to replace the same things that you would do in the other That's right. in the other stuff. Now, I can see the good intentions that this could have possibly come from. For sure. People Because and, it, it doesn't look like it's not like It's not a joke. Yeah, it's it not is a joke. Fully self serious. That's right. And it's not like it's not out there making fun of Jesus. Like I can see that they're actually like in some weird way, attempting to make this legit. Yeah. Interestingly, like, you know, when there's like a, a piece of media and it'll have reviews from big outlets saying like, oh, this is the, the hit of the summer, blah, blah, blah. The ones that this has Fox News. I am Jesus Christ video game causes a stir. Uh, New York Post, a new computer game called I Am Jesus Christ will allow followers to roleplay as the good shepherd himself. And then IGN experienced Jesus' miracles firsthand. So not not necessarily any endorsing reviews, you know, not saying, like, this game is good. Uh, because from the reviews I have seen, there was then a section where it's, like, curators. So this hasn't been released to the public yet. Um, the curators are, like, playtesters and whatnot. And one people... People behind the scenes. One people... One person shared. He said, First person simulation where you follow Jesus' journey through various events in the Bible and perform various miracles by waving your hands. It makes the biblical tale seem a bit silly. And so mm. this is... The, I don't think the intention of this person making the game is to... is to make a joke out of it. Like, I think they're being serious, but simultaneously, when you've got, like, press key to pray so you increase your Holy Spirit, like that kind of stuff. It's, it is, it's a bit cringe. It's a bit sacrilegious, but I think that there is a market for this kind of thing in regards to like, I would have much rather have liked to seen an experience where you're say a disciple. Yeah. That, that I was just going to say, that would be more, more along the lines of what I would like to have seen as well too. And, and another thing, like what you're saying, you want to see something with more of a disciple I can kind of see because I back when I was in college, the boys played the games. Oh, dude, like, I I, it, it I grew wild. up as the secular, you know, kid. Yeah. You know, we we played some games, some serious. I mean, there were dudes uh, playing World of Warcraft. I remember that was a game, and that I, we didn't see them for weeks. Yeah. They just like lived on there, ate, eating cheese. It's like yeah. barely surviving. Now, I'm not endorsing that at all. All, all I'm saying is like that is a reality. That there are people out there that this this could be the only way that they even are introduced to even the idea of Jesus. Because yeah. there's a lot of people who don't know about Jesus. Now, I just don't know if it's the totally the right approach. So I can see part of me goes, well, that could work. I could just see a bunch of my friends who back in college were really nerding out gamers that this could be something to like. Yeah. And maybe if there were Bible verses in the yeah. in the game or but, something, like yes, a a, a biblical based video game, yes. But I am Jesus Christ, like this yeah, game that's specifically. The that's where because it's just sacrilegious and cringe. It's also not great quality. I'd love to see, uh, say, a game again. If we're trying to appeal to gamers, like the perfect like um, game to do something like this is is basically what they call telltale games like point and click basically you just walk around and there's stories and decisions that you have to make Uh dude if you did something like that and where it's like an interactive experience where you can 
kind of look at the world of Jerusalem in the first century, there's so much you could feature. In fact, one of the things about this game that people complain about is that it's just a bunch of kind of empty settings and, and whatnot. I'm like, man, imagine walking around in Jerusalem in the first century. Like, that as just a tech demo, even if it wasn't even a game, like, it, like just as a tech demo would be so cool if they recreated that setting because it was amazing. I would love to see, like, the Book of Acts reenacted yeah and oh, go God, through and plant all the church and you got to build churches island oh, like like this cool. is the thing yeah this has so much potential but definitely the approach kind of cringe <laughs> we'll watch this space see where it goes in the future you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different we're back to faith fm and it is blake and lawson today and he is putting his hat on in a very strange way right now underneath his headphones. It's called style. <laughs> it's it's called style, guys. That's called style? Uh-huh. So basically, I've got my overhead headphones on and I've got a <laughs> bucket hat sitting on top of it. Yeah, it's something. Yeah. I, I don't know if we always agree on things, mm-hmm. but you uh, <laughs> definitely got something going on over there. It's style. <laughs> Anyways, we've come to the time we where... Agree. It's the quiz time. That's right. <laughs> Who was the prophetess that told Josiah that God would allow him to see peace if he kept the commands of the Book of the Covenant? Ooh. Who was the prophet that spoke to Josiah saying that? Was it Miriam, Deborah, Huldah, or Anna? So prophetess. Yeah, prophetess. 0491-064-669. If you know the answer to that one, you will go into the draw to win our three amazing, awesome, incredible biographies. Trifecta of uh, biographies of faith. Faithful biographies. (laughs) Faith-filled. Faith-filled biographies. Amen. If you want any of these books... The Richest Caveman by Doug Batchelor, A Thousand Shall Fall, and Under the Shadow. We'll give them to you for free. You just have to win the draw. To win the draw, you have to answer the draw. To enter the draw, you have to answer these questions correctly. And again, who was it that told Josiah that God would allow him to see peace? This is King Josiah. He's trying to lead the nation into peace. And he's told by this prophet, God would allow him to see peace if he kept the commands of the Book of the Covenant. Was it Miriam, Deborah, Huldah, or Anna? 0491-064- Six six nine. All right, uh, Lawson. Things are getting wild uh, mm-hmm. for us here in America. Trump has decided to run again, which is kind of crazy. After what happened, we've been talking about the midterms. We've been talking about the the GOP, which is like the Republican Party, mm. uh, and this is the first Republican candidate declaring his intent to run for presidency. In 2024, this year, he he said, "I'm getting in line early." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's the first one, mm-hmm. first one to show up, first mm-hmm. one in line, and he's ready to do that. It, it, but what's interesting? Uh, what we talked about this uh, last week as well too. Things didn't go well for Trump uh, and all the candidates that he supported in the midterm elections. Mm-hmm. In fact, all the all the Republican candidates that he supported were, well, basically. Booted? Yeah, they they lost, you know, yeah. and and so he faced, you know, a big, huge, huge losses throughout the midterms, and all and many of the Republicans who distanced themselves, like from Trump, they actually ended up winning big, and one of the ones uh, that that did win was Ron DeSantis yeah. in Florida, and not only did he win big, he won by twenty points, mm. but that's a thirty point plus swing 
because before that it was the Democratic uh, Party was up by ten points the other direction because it mm-hmm. kind of swings back and forth like mm-hmm. a like a pendulum. But this is the biggest swing that has ever happened, and this was the biggest win in Florida mm-hmm. for a Republican ever in the history mm-hmm. of ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so Trump anyway he is running on uh, the the slogan to make. America great and glorious again. <laughs> I think he might have, you know, resubmitted that assignment for a different class. But uh, <laughs> we've done this around, but we're, now we're adding glorious yeah, to it. It doesn't roll off the tongue as well. It does not. It actually, to me, I mean, just in all honesty, it sounds kind of weird and dictatorial. Like it's got some real Chinese like dictator <laughs> vibes for me. Like it's like great and we're glorious. Gonna, yeah, great and glorious America again. It's just like. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, that's just a personal weird thought on that. Uh, but we, he, he goes on. This is what he says. This is a quote from him. The Washington establishment wants to silence us, but we will not let them do that. What we have built together over the past six years is the greatest movement in history because it is not about politics. It's about our love for this great country, America, and we're not going to let it fail. Mm-hmm. Then later on, though, he was pretty critical of DeSantis. So, mm. so technically, they're supposed to be like teammates, yeah. right? They're on the same team, really. But I think one of the reasons that Trump is not excited about DeSantis is because he's threatened by DeSantis. Mm. Because DeSantis, in all likelihood, is going to run for presidency. Mm. He's doing so well in his state as governor uh, in terms of – I'm not saying he's doing so well like, oh, what a great job. I'm saying – in popularity, in the, in right? the popularity yeah. and in the politics, like to for Florida to become a red state, like it is, yeah, it's wow. unprecedented. Like wow. it's just crazy. It's just crazy. So, DeSantis is, in my view, I think Trump is very threatened by him. That's yeah. what it looks like. So he criticized the Florida governor and even mocked his last name. And then DeSantis responded on Tuesday after a reporter asked him about Trump's less than flattering comments, and DeSantis. Um, beat his Democratic rival on election day by nearly 20 points while multiple Trump-backed candidates lost key elections. This is what the article says. And then finally, this is what DeSantis responds with. One of the things I've learned in this job is when you're doing, when you're leading, when you're getting things done, you take incoming fire. That's mm-hmm. just the nature of it. I would just tell people to go check out the scoreboard from last <laughs> Tuesday night, the election night. The fact of the matter is it was the greatest Republican victory in the history of the state of Florida. So I used to play basketball mm-hmm. uh, in college and in high school. That's like the most ultimate comeback ever. Like, oh, you played terrible. Oh, you're gonna check, check the, the scoreboard. scoreboard. You know, yeah. it's like you. What do you? You can't say anything to that. Like mm-hmm. the the scoreboard doesn't lie. The mm-hmm. scoreboard does not lie. So it's very interesting for the infighting to be happening uh, for the future of the Republican representation. And even though Biden hasn't officially announced, I'm near positive he's planning on running again because so it could be another Biden Trump battle or the way it works in America, they could actually choose a different representative. This is what leading up to the 2024 election is. They could actually choose a different representative Mm -hmm. uh, for their uh, presidency. Mm -hmm. So pretty, pretty wild stuff, pretty interesting stuff. Mm. Uh, this is all happening in America, but one, a different, totally different story about entertainment that I really thought was important. Uh, Candace Cameron Bure. Now you know who she is, but you don't know 
that you know who she is. I have no idea who that is. Do you know Family Matters? No, not Family Matters. Oh, I forgot the name of it. Uh, oh, no, I forgot the show. It's my daughter's, like, favorite show. Uh, they're in San Francisco, and it's like a family. Full with House? Full House. That's the one. <laughs> Sorry. So this is the older sister. Uh-huh. So uh, was it Tanner? I've never watched that show. But you know who I'm talking about. Like, like you know the show, roughly. Yeah, sure. Anyway, Cameron Cameron Candace Cameron Bure is essentially the actress who plays the role of the oldest sister in the uh-huh. show. It's a big show. And they have a new Fuller House is out as well, too. Anyway, she's kind of jumped ship to a new uh, entertainment network, a television mm-hmm. network. And it's called Great American Family. Mm-hmm. That's the network's name. And what happened is Hallmark, which is, have you heard of Hallmark? Yes. So Hallmark, classic like Hallmark Christmas movies, right? That's right. So Hallmark has, the one of the key leaders of Hallmark has jumped ship, started his own network, uh-huh. Great American Family, and they've basically featured Candace Cameron Bure as like the main actress, mm. right? And then they asked, hey, uh, Wall Street Journal asks, if the Great American Family would include LGBT couples as plot leads, but Bure said it would not. I think that the Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. And so while Hallmark is releasing a movie uh, about a same-sex storyline as the focus of the plot uh, for Christmas, the Great American Family is launching 18 original Christmas movies this holiday season. Wow. Uh, and all of them are focused on traditional core values and traditional uh, marriage values at the core. And I just think it's kind of interesting to see a network basically zagging when the whole nation, the whole world is zigging and becoming more LGBTQ focused. This other network is saying, nope, we're going to focus on traditional marriage according to uh, biblical marriage and according to uh, what we believe our values are represented best by. So mm. I, I find that I just find it really, really interesting that like while the LGBT community and agenda is being kind of pushed down the throat of everyone, whether they want to or not, there are there's a little bit of backlash and there's people who are saying, hey, we don't want to do that. And we're not going to we're not going to promote that on our network. And they're completely going mm. the other way in a very big way, in a very strong and very bold statement way as well, too. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. This is The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. Lawson, we kind of got cut off there, but you, I just quickly tell us, you just Googled a bunch of stuff about oh, yeah, yeah. Candace Cameron I was, just, I was just Googling her and like straight away, like go to Australian news yeah. and they're like, she is a bigot and she is a terrible person and, you know, they should cancel everything that she's ever done. And, and oh, there was one quote from someone that said, uh, I don't remember Jesus liking hypocrites like Candace. So they're calling, they're saying that Jesus doesn't like her because she's a hypocrite. Um, Which makes no sense. For being a part of a network that doesn't promote LGBT ideals. Did you recognize her when you saw the picture of her? Uh, no. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I don't know you're who You're out this, on the full I house. I do not know who this is. Okay, you got to go But hey, we house. have come to the time where we have another question for the quiz. How many crops of fruit 
does the tree of life bear? Ooh. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Again, that question. How many crops of fruit fruit does the tree of life bear? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And speaking of fruit, and speaking of food, we've got on the phone our favorite New Zealander. Pretty much the only one we like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not Jer- true. I love Kiwis. <laughs> Jeremy Dixon. Jeremy, are you there? Hello. Yes, I'm honored to be the only Kiwi that you, you, you like. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, hey, we are stoked to have you on the show to talk about all things food and amazing, incredible, healthy, awesome food that we've been talking about so far. But today we, we've come to a new topic that isn't necessarily food but how we make it yes i suppose i just want to list my kind of top 10 favorite kitchen gadgets and um mm. when you're doing plant-based vegan cooking you've kind of got to work a little bit harder than most recipes you can't kind of you know throw a slab of steak in the pan or throw whipped cream on stuff you've got you've kind of got to work a little bit more with the ingredients so you kind of need kind of a few more little kind of things to help you along the way Mm, absolutely. So you're in the kitchen. You're like, I want to make some some vegan meal that's really amazing. Where where where, where do we go to first? What's the what are we going to pick up that's going to enable us to be able to? I do actually that? just can imagine like a Batman tool belt that he's wearing with all these gadgets all yeah. around in the tool belt with a, with a big V on the front or a big P like PB plant yeah, yeah. based, you know, something like that. Yeah, amazing. So where are we going first? You know, I like you see me as a superhero. That's uh, good to hear. Um, so I suppose the first thing is probably um, with, with, is a, a good blender. Mm. You know, if you want to make nice sauces and hummuses and dips and dressings and waffle mixes and things like that, you know, you really need a really a good a good blender. Mm. It's probably a really good starting point. And yeah, cashew milks, nut milks, and creams and things. You're often blending nuts, so kind of a good blender is probably the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Is, is to have a really good one, and you can actually, there's actually some really good ones on the market. One I like quite is one called an Omni Blend, which we use in the cafes, which is quite reasonably priced, um, which you can find in most kind of sources. Um, so yeah, good blender kind of to, and you want something that's going to rip through nuts, turn them into turn cashew nuts into like creamy smooth sauce. Some of the weaker blenders might just um, you know turn it into water and little kind of flecks of of cashew. So you kind of want to make sure you got some really good blending power. It's probably a good starting point. Mm, okay. Right, Belinda, that's well. That's my first step because I do not have one of those. I I don't think I've ever <laughs> used a blender to cook anything, maybe other than smoothies. But yep. okay, so you're starting. You're starting with your blender. You so you've got your sauces down. Where do we go from there? So probably a really good nonstick frying pan. Um, if you want to do lots of lots of like kind of vegetarian kind of um, or vegan kind of little you know patties and waffles. Sorry, not waffles. Um, you know, um, fritters and things like that. When you're not dealing with like all the kind of the white flowers and all that kind of thing, some of the some of the some of the mixes can be a little bit more delicate. So you need a reasonably good non-stick frying pan. Um, so yeah, there's plenty of non-Teflon ones you can get around the place. So just a good good non-stick frying pan uh, will make a world of difference. Like some of my recipes, like some of my pancakes or fritter recipes, mm. they just won't work on a you know an old non a sticky fry pan basically. So yeah, non-stick frying pans are a really good investment to make sure some of those recipes you know really turn out well. I've heard I've heard that uh, like a cast iron with a ceramic top over is really good for nonstick. Is that is that true? I, my aunt told me. Um, that. Yeah, can do. You can get some really nice, yeah, nice for cruzet and uh, yeah, cast, cast iron stuff. Um, it can be good. I do find like the traditional kind of 
because a spray pens will work a bit better than a, than a, than a ceramic um, cast iron. A ceramic cast iron are really nice for doing curries and things, and they present really well because mm. you can present them to keep fish you're cooking with. But if you want to do some, some nice, you know, something that's kind of gluten-free or healthy on the pancake side, you do need something that's actually got a, an actual non-stick surface. Okay. Mm. And take care of it too. You know, obviously take care of it. Often dishwashers, the chemicals in your dishwasher can eat away at some of those surfaces, so you really kind of want to treat it quite quite well. Oh, I am totally on board with this. There is nothing worse than losing like a quarter of your meal to the bottom of the fry pan. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. Exactly. Been there before. Yeah. It's terrible. All right. So we've got our we've got our blender. We've got our nonstick fry pan. Totally get behind this. What's what's next? What else are we chucking in so, our kitchen? Uh, uh- Food processor. So, and a food oh. processor is different than a blender. A blender is more of those. It's usually a tall thing with a, a liquidizer, mm. and it's for things that are kind of liquid. A food processor is normally sh- uh, shallower, and it's got like a big S blade in the bottom. Mm. So, a food processor is really good for making like hummuses, um, for making to make ice cream in it. Just put you know cashew nuts and some frozen fruit. Mm. Um, a lot of you can make dressings in it as well. Um, but also the best thing about a food processor is they come with these little attachments that you've normally got buried in the bottom of your, of your pantry, and they can do dicing and grating and slicing um, really, really efficiently, especially if you've got large numbers of people. So a good food processor is really handy as well. A food processor won't generally go the high speeds of a blender. It's a little bit slower, but it really can, can blend things, and it can blend things that are more kind of, I suppose, tougher and less liquid, whereas mm. a lot of the things that are um, that are like not liquid won't blend in a blender, so you need the, the food process to do that kind of thing, if that makes sense. So we're talking about something like a thermomix or along, along well, those lines? Well, you said that, I mean, a thermomix, that's a whole, a whole different discussion again, and I think oh. everyone knows that they've got a, some passionate thermomix friends around, uh-huh. and they're good little toys. Uh, but no, it's probably a, a, just a basic food process with an S-play is what you need, and you don't generally need to go too expensive. I like a Magimix, that's probably like, mm-hmm. I think, the best one around. Mm-hmm. They're quite expensive, but you know, be probably up to up near six hundred thousand dollars for for a magic mix, <laughs> but it'll last you your entire life. And I think you're better off. When we got married twenty years ago, you know, you get a you ask you ask for a blender for your, sorry, a food processor for your, for your wedding, <laughs> and you know, it breaks in three years and you're replacing it. So you're better to buy one good thing to last you your whole life than just keep replacing them with cheap ones every couple of years. Ah, mm. oh, epic, perfect. All right, so we've got our pan, our blender, our food processor. Where are we going from there? I, an obvious one, good knife, a really nice sharp knife. It just Amen. makes the joy of cooking a million times better um, when you can cut things properly, tomatoes and herbs and stuff. So good knife, keep it sharp. One that I can really recommend is a global knife. Mm. They're reasonably quite a, quite efficient to buy and they're quite a nice light knife. Mm. Um, and they come with like this little water sharpener that you basically put water in and you sharpen it and they, and they keep them really, really um, razor sharp. So a, a, a global knife with a little water sharpener is um, the best thing you can, it's probably a good starting point if someone's looking for it. And they're, and they're recently available online and Amazon and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, good good knife. Okay, Jeremy, I just need to know, controversial from New Zealand, Japanese or German steel? Go. <laughs> I think they're both good. Um, I mean, the Sentuku ones, I think, are, sorry, the, um, the, um, the Globe ones, I think, are Japanese-based. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just bought a German, a German one recently, and I quite like it. So I think they're both both very good. Um, yeah, the Japanese ones generally can be quite lighter, which is quite nice. Um, so it's just your personal preference. I think I think you can't go wrong. The, the biggest the big thing is the knife is to keep them a little bit of sharpening every now and again. Don't don't leave them until they get blunt because they're blunt. And when mm-hmm. you're sharpening them, you're not sharpening them; you just you're brightening them. 
you're just realigning the ions and the metal. So you don't, it's not like waiting for it to get blunt and then you're kind of shaving edges off it. Just every time you use it, just a couple of flicks on a steel or like a nice water sharpener, just to keep it keep it bright, and it will last a lot longer before you need to go and kind of get a professional sharpener. But every knife, you know, after five years, you need to go and professional sharpener. They'll do the edges, but um, to avoid that happening, just keep it nice and just little little sharpens every time you use oh. it. Every day or so is the best best trick with knives. I love that. I mean, if people, if I'm, uh, I'll go in the kitchen and I'm just going to use the knife sharpener, and then people are like, oh, why are you sharpening your knife right now? I'm brightening it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I care about my knives, dude. That is exactly. awesome. So you're not, you're not, yeah, you're not trying to take steel off it. You're not, you're not actually, you know, grinding it with a sharpener. You're just brightening it. That's the, the way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Love it. Awesome stuff. So, uh, yes, guys, one thing, one thing. I've, one thing I've fallen in love with recently, and in my latest cookbook that's coming out um, in the next couple of months, is I just, I'm getting in love with the waffles. And a good waffle maker, with a, there's heaps, I've got some really nice gluten-free uh, waffle mixes that are just sensational, and you can make them savory, you can with like, you know, um, you can put Mexican guacamole on them, or um, or sweet with like cream, you know, cashew creams and berries and things. So I'm just falling in love with waffles. So get a good waffle maker. But there's one true important thing when you get your waffle maker. You need a really small clearance between the top and the bottom. So you want your waffles to be thin. Now, I bought some waffle makers that have a really thick difference between the top and the bottom, and you end up with like a muffin. It's like like baking a cake, and it's a completely different texture. takes a lot longer, so make sure you get the... um, the, the clearance between the waffles is really, really, if your waffles aren't working, it's probably because the waffle maker is set to make two thick waffles. So you want a nice, thin waffle maker. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I just had a savory uh, waffle in Bateman's Bay over the weekend, and I, I didn't know it existed. And I was, it was like a, uh, like a Mexican savory waffle. And I was like, what is going on in my mouth right now? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. And what I do is I, I make a whole batch up. Uh, uh, wrap them in cling film and put them in the freezer. Mm-hmm. And you bring them out anytime you want them. Throw them in the toaster, and basically you've got a hot waffle ready to go. Throw some um, some cream corn on it. You've got a, like a nice quick meal in the evening. Throw throw some fruit on it. So yeah, again, use your freezer for all that stuff. Just comes out in the frost and probably a and then a you know a couple of minutes in the toaster, you, you get yourself a hot fresh waffle. Can you cook us up with like a maybe later on a, a, a sweet high protein waffle? For throwing the toaster after a workout sesh for Lost and I, we're trying to get <laughs> trying to get our proteins up. <laughs> trying to get yeah, I mean, throw, throw some protein powder in, or throw some. I mean, the, the one I've got is really amazing. And my next cookbook is like you basically put a cup of uh, buckwheat mm. and a cup of chickpeas that are cooked, and two cups of water and a bit of salt, and that's the waffle mixture. So Ooh. it's half chickpeas, which are high protein, and they're just amazing. Oh, amazing! All right, what's our what's our next gadget in the kitchen? Okay, moving on. Uh, slow cooker, um, cook Ooh. your overnight breakfast. So before you go to bed, throw in your, your quinoa, rice, millet, amaranth mix with some water into the slow cooker. Wake up in the morning, get yourself a hot breakfast ready to go. So um, we use it each yummy. night, my wife and I. Just a yummy breakfast overnight. Um, slow cookers are amazing. Oh, convenient. All right, what else? What else are we? We're, 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 we've got a couple minutes left. We're going to get through all these gadgets. What else are we? Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it keep it moving. Uh, Second thing, a really nice wooden chopping board. Yes, and um, just it just makes the, the the experience so much better. And one thing to do with your boards, and I'm amazed number of homes I walk into, and people just abuse their boards. All you need to do is just keep them oiled. So get your get your your, your wooden chopping board that's probably falling apart because it hasn't had any love. 
and just get some olive oil with a paper towel, rub it all over it, let it dry for probably half a day, and you, you'll, you'll just transform your board. It'll last longer, it'll look amazing, and uh, be much easier to cook with as well. So make sure you oil your wooden cooking boards as well. Love it. I would have never thought that you would need to do that, but there you go. Yep, so yep, there you go, yep. Uh, next one is a, a small hand grater. Um, mm. These are the little ones, kind of like a micro grater, and they're really cool because the, and the thing I use it for a lot is um, frozen ginger. So you have frozen ginger in the freezer, you bring out your small hand grater, zip your frozen ginger down it, and instantly you've got some ginger floating in your curry. You can use other vegetables as well, like you want a bit of quick grated carrot and something, or or something like that. So a little micro hand grater is, is really cool. They're probably like about you know, um, five centimetres wide by about probably, you know, 20 centimetres long with a handle and little little kind of serrations in them. So they're really cool as well. Mm. Sounds good. Mm. What, uh, we got two next, more. We got one minute. We got two more to go. Okay. So next one is a really nice flipper for doing all your things in your fry pan. Totally. And it's really a, a nice, you want a nice thin one so you can do little fritters and a nice big thick one. So a nice thick and thin, thin flipper. And you want it to be really thin so you can kind of get under things. So um, look around um, for a really good, really good flippers. Mm. And the final thing is a really good garlic press. Garlic oh, yeah. just Oof. transforms most meals. Um, and what you can do if you get a good, strong metal garlic press is you can actually put in the whole garlic, sorry, the garlic with the skin on and press it through. And it just, you can have garlic in your meal in like 10 seconds. So you don't have to, to stuff around, you know, chopping, peeling garlic. Just put it in with the skin, and a good strong garlic crease will um, give it a good uh, throw in the old um, in the old curry or whatever. I didn't know you could do that. Actually, that's cool. That's cool. Just leave the mm. skin on and just press it. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So ten, 10 kitchen gadgets, and uh, yeah, I suppose the, the thing I've learned over my life with everything is basically you're better off investing a little bit more at the beginning, get quality of something that's going to last, you're going to enjoy. Mm. If you're just going down to the dollar shop, getting cheap, cheap everything. You know, you're only throwing it out in two years. It's a lot more mm. wasteful. So if you can, invest up front, get some quality stuff, enjoy your cooking, and it will last for a lot, lot longer. Absolutely. Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.